unfiltered access, I think, looks in, in a world where it existed, right, where we sort of knew a lot about African women or the stories, whatever is going on on the continent. Um, I think it brings a lot of balance to things, right? You're able to see things fully in perspective. Mm-hmm. There is definitely an empathy element, but I think there's also a normalcy element. Um, when you know some, a lot about something and, or someone and you understand a lot about them, there is the removal of the othering that mm-hmm. tends to happen, um, you know, in, in just across the board, you know, because then I could be telling you about a story of something I saw in the news in South Africa and, you, you know, your eyes don't widen that I'm talking about South Africa. You know, it's normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what it, it starts to feel like and look like. To Pod Save Africa. Welcome 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 to Pod Save Africa. Welcome. Over the past couple of weeks, a lot of injustices have been highlighted across the continent, as well as the current protest movements to call for an end of these injustices. From the NSARS movement in Nigeria to the Anglophone crisis in Cameroon, and the shut it down protests in Namibia. Young people around the continent are asking for better treatment as people from their government. In many of these movements, including the NSARS and Shut It All Down, young women have been leading charge. We've covered some of the issues mentioned above in our previous episodes, and we will report more about them later. But for today's episode, we'll like to highlight the founder of a publication that chooses to ensure that the stories of African women, such as those that have really stood up to their government to demand justice. I'll be talking to Nyoma Nwanko, the founder of Empower 46, a newsletter about African women by African women. This interview was pre-recorded a few weeks into the quarantine, but we thought it was a bit timely to speak on the importance of making sure African women narratives are captured. Thank you for listening. Hello, Podsave Africa listeners. Welcome back to our a new episode. Um, for most for most of you, you might hear this episode later, but for us, we're recording this episode during uh, the quarantine period, during the pandemic, and hope that you all make it through safely. I hope that your families are safe. Um, I hope that if any of your families are affected, that they have a speedy recovery. And can't wait to see you all on the other side of this. Today, we are joined by special guests. We are joined by the owner, the founder of Empower 46. And Nama, would you go ahead and say hello to our listeners? Absolutely. Hi, Consola. Thank you so much for having me on. 
Hi, everybody. My name is Noma Wankuo, and I founded and I curate Empower 46, which is um, a newsletter that's focused on African women's rights, African women's news, and just really centers us in the narrative um, in the media world. Awesome. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Now, for some of you who don't know Noma, um, I'm going to give you a brief introduction, and then I'm going to ask her to tell you guys what you, she wants you to know about her a little bit more. Noma is a graduate from Virginia Tech, but she graduated with honors and a degree in political science with minors in creative writing, public and urban affairs. And Noma and I have, have actually known each other for a while. Um, we met a couple of years ago in gap year when we were still very much babies, but she's always been like super intelligent. So I'm excited to have her on the podcast to kind of <laughs> her brain a little bit. Um, and Nama, would you go ahead and tell our listeners what you would want them to know about you? Um, sure. I don't. <laughs> I hope they want to know the stuff. Um, that's, that's so funny. That's right. We've known each other for a really long time now. Um, went to Virginia Tech. Um, did political science, which I absolutely loved. And in that time frame, I won one of the fellowships, one of the Odyssey fellowships that the university offers that centers on um, ensuring that students are able to engage in social justice issues. Mm -hmm. um, and I won the one that's um, called the Austin Michelle Cloyd Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And that sent me um, to different parts of the African continent. I centered on Senegal and Niger and Nigeria, mm -hmm. focusing on menstrual hygiene management, which is part of where I was able to develop an understanding for how research works mm -hmm. um, and some of the stuff that I'm currently interested in. Mm -hmm. After that, I took up a job at a, at a firm in financial services um, here in New York. And I've sort of been with that firm since I left back and forth uh, between London and New York. In that time frame, started Empower 46, which the firm has been incredibly supportive of. Um, and yeah, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Um, we actually kind of have a similar um, story in terms of interest in African stuff. Mm -hmm. I also, I was privileged to get into a program that sent me to Ethiopia and Zambia for a little while in college. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a very fascinating experience. I spent a total of five months between the two countries. Um, so I actually got to live there and it was like, oh yeah, the African continent is kind of cool and these countries yeah. are very different. <laughs> I love Ethiopia. I have such a soft spot for Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah. Ethiopia is great, but also I have some qualms with Ethiopia, which I want to Well, moving on, I wanted to kind of pick your brain and why you decided to create Empower 46 and what the inspiration mm -hmm. is behind its name. Um, but first of all, I know before you had a, a newsletter before Empower 46, so this is not your first rodeo. I remember, I think it was during a gap year, I believe that you had um, a, a different blog or you're throwing it back it's first that i've always been a big fan of your writing i remember reading it uh reading that blog before too so it's interesting to see this transition and if you could tell our listeners about that absolutely wow um I have like the largest grin on my face, which obviously you can't see because it's such a distancing. But yes, when we were in Gap Year, uh, that was back in, what was that, 2011? 11, yes. Um, I was, I've always been a big writer, um, always loved to write. That probably came from my mother, who used to be a journalist um, and then moved into 
gender-based consulting, which is obviously sort of where I'm, <laughs> where I am now. So mm-hmm. that's my blueprint. Um, and back then, I was writing a lot about women um, as well, um, but more so in terms of what I saw. Um, just on the day-to-day world. Um, I think it was called, oh my goodness, what was that blog called? I think it was a kind of an ode to Emily Dickinson. Mm-hmm. I think that blog was called My Life Stood a Loaded Gun. And mm-hmm. it was kind of centered on um, sort of how it feels sometimes to be in a, in a, in a woman's skin, right? Um, just you're consistently reminded of that uh, across the board. And, and now living in the West, there's a lot more things being a black person that you're reminded of. But, mm-hmm. but really in Nigeria, I, how it felt at that time was that my gender was at the forefront of every interaction I was having. Mm-hmm. And, and that really was the, the starting point, I guess, for this, which I've never put those two things together. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a big part of it. And then when I got into university it really changed um the the tone of my writing changed a bit more political Mm -hmm. um because I was in you know political science I was doing a lot of research-based writing every Mm -hmm. word or sentence you wrote needed to be cited needed to have a source needed to be data-oriented um as opposed to sort of a bit more of my flourish um just writing about the people I see on the street um which I still love to do but I think that training then equipped me with what I needed to be able to write for Empower Six as I do now, which everything is centered in research, everything is centered in um, facts, um, truth-based news. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that sort of has furthered it that way. But that is an excellent throwback. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to go see if I can find old writings. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, but also, why Empower 46? Well, I kind of understand Empower, Empower mm-hmm. but 46 is a very specific number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of wondering, what was the inspiration behind its name? That's an excellent question. It, the 46 is, I was sort of putting together stuff and, and every woman was once a girl. And it, it just is rooted in girls. There's something, there's just something about young women that's just, you see the light in, in their eyes and in everything they do. And I wanted it to be an ode to young girls. And so I was like, how can I do this? And I knew I wanted it to be digits. You're not going to believe this. So I, I wrote out girl and I, I had written it like six or seven times. And I was like, well, G is the seventh letter and I is the ninth letter. And it just sort of went on and on. And then I added those together and it, pulled out to 46 and I was like well this is it <laughs> and power 46 that is fascinating I'm, I'm always um, translating letters to numbers myself I don't right. know why. yeah it's kind of like a coding type whatever I but that's <laughs> super interesting and thank you for letting our listeners know about that I remember I was scrolling through the website the newsletter website and I saw that G plus I plus R plus L, but it, it didn't click in my head to like, right. <laughs> yeah. it and get the 46. But uh, thank you for explaining you that. Get, make that clearer. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people, I've definitely gotten some um, questions about it in the past, but then people seem to then get it. But I think if, because I just write G plus I plus R plus L, maybe I should put the, the numbers out. I'd love to hear from your listeners what they think about that. I like um, the mystery of it. So I would say, I mean, <laughs> because uh, now that you told me I'm like that's so clever but I like the mystery I think if you spell it out then it kind of removes that you know <laughs> I the mystery in life is good a little mystery here and there <laughs> um but then 
why the focus on African women? Because you mentioned you've always been fascinated with um, women um, with your own experience and now with this new set of focusing on African women outside of the fact that you are an African woman. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of drawn from your experience a little bit, but is there, is there more to it um, that you can share with us? Sure. Um, it's my normal state. Um, it's, it's normal to me. I grew up in a household of very strong women. Um, my mother and my grandmother were all activists for women's rights. Um, my mother is very much so still in that field across the world, you know, from Africa to the Pacific, um, across the world. But for me, being home and having African women at the center of the narrative, that was normal to me. But even in Nigeria, where I grew up, or in Senegal, where I spent a part of my childhood, you sort of, you turn on the news and a lot of it was like the men. Um, and I wanted to know what the women were doing. <laughs> um, and then, you know, as I, as I moved to the U.S. to go to, to university and, and life since then, everything has sort of been being in the West, of course, the media is very Western centric, but even more so oriented on men. And when women are featured, um, tends to be, when, when African women are featured, tends to be only rooted in development. Um, it's not, in the words of Chimamanda, it's like, the, it's like the danger of a single story, right? It's not holistic. It doesn't give yeah. you a full story. And me, you know, as a Nigerian woman sat in New York, I wonder what's going on with African women in politics and what's going on with African women in entertainment. And that's stuff that I'm interested in. And I wasn't alone in that. And I think um, I just started to write about it because I wanted to know a bit more about it. I was very excited by it. And the audience response has shown that a lot of other people were too across the board, men, women, African or not, people also were asking those questions. Um, and Empower 46 was a place for them to be able to find some of those answers. Right. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, thank you for sharing. We are definitely very appreciative. I think mm-hmm. I've followed your newsletter for a year and a half now, and I really like the way you put things together. I like how each story is kind of succinct, gives you all the information you need to know, um, but also you don't kind of... Um, lose your attention because I have a short attention span. So <laughs> <laughs> I can read I'm like, oh, what is that? <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, it, it's very succinct. It's easy to read. It's um, digestible information and it's kind of everything you need to know. So if you haven't checked it out yet, listeners, you should definitely check it out. Um, somewhere on your website, you write that, I think in the about page, that um, part of why you created Empower 46 is so that everyone can have unfiltered access to news and stories about African women to their mm-hmm. rights, their struggles, and their victories. And that kind of struck a chord to me, unfiltered access. And so I wanted to ask you, what do you think it will look like for everyone to have unfiltered access to news and stories about African women? Because I don't think we have that today. Um, so I guess I can't kind of imagine what that would be. And what do you think would be the effects of that if we all have that access? That is an excellent question. And thank you for the sweet things you said about Empower 46. Um, I'm glad you feel that way. I always love getting that kind of feedback. Um, Unfiltered access, I think, looks 
in, in a world where it existed, right, where we sort of knew a lot about African women or the stories, whatever is going on on the continent, um, I think it brings a lot of balance to things, right? You're able to see things fully in perspective. Mm-hmm. There is definitely an empathy element, but I think there's also a normalcy element. Um, when you know some, a lot about something and, or someone and you understand a lot about them, there is the removal of the othering that mm-hmm. tends to happen, um, you know, in, in just across the board, you know, because then I could be telling you about a story of something I saw in the news in South Africa and, you, you know, your eyes don't widen that I'm talking about South Africa. You know, it's normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what it, it starts to feel like and look like for me in my imagination of what that reality could be. Um, and I'm sure it might be different for everybody, but like, like you going to Zambia, I'm sure was a new, exciting, engaging experience, maybe for a short while. And then it became, you, you know, you can probably have a conversation with somebody from Zambia about food and it's not an other wrinkle, you know, like, oh, you guys eat that. And then what do you eat? You know, it's just, it becomes right. a um and I experienced that going to Niger I'd never been to Niger before um and I was there for I think I was there for two weeks at that time the first time I went Mm -hmm. and Niger is a very different place to you know where where we grew up in Lagos Niger is very dry in terms of the desert um very different culture and now and the other day I actually ran into a Nigerian woman in in New York and we were just talking about Niamey and my friend was like what is going on here because <laughs> it's so normal to me to ask her about you know these different places that I'd been to and I wasn't treating her like the person from Niger you know she was just another person and I think it does that a lot that's that's the power of the media that we don't realize right um, that's the power of stories that we don't realize that it makes everybody like on an even playing ground it doesn't put one culture or one story above the other be simply because it's more familiar it familiarizes everyone with one another which i think it can only be a good thing snap like (laughs) 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 i especially like that it will um level playing field i think especially for me i realized growing up that we we tend to term things as bad when we don't know what they are um yeah i think that having access makes us realize that a lot of things that we identify as bad or as you know not as good are actually not that they're equally as good and bringing everything to that same level playing field could do that Uh, so thank you for your part in doing so appreciate it um then moving on to just like strategy conversation um how do you ensure that your newsletter is visible to the world Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something that we've taken three main routes to. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being through interpersonal connections. The content and the quality of the newsletter is strong and people really identify with the stories. And we find that a lot of people forward it to their friends or link their friends to the newsletter. And I think that is the most organic method of growth because it simply means one person likes it and they told other people about it, <laughs> you know, and that, that's really the best way that any advertiser would tell you that's plan one. That's definitely. 
um, I think that the next step was um, our partnership content. So we have been partnering with really strong, like-minded organizations. Um, right now we are running cross-promotion with a group called Interrupter Africa. Mm-hmm. And they are a newsletter who focus on promoting the voices of female experts on mm-hmm. African-related topics which is really great because it's not quite the same thing, but there is a lot of intersection there. And we've been able to really, you know, share content and, and people have loved that, that inclusion into the newsletter, which has been good. And I think the final point, like everyone else, has been social media, mm-hmm. um, where we have an Instagram, a Twitter, um, we push our content out on there. We have a lot of engagement on on social media in terms of people sharing stories and stuff like that that has been really good and and this is another way right being able to come here talk with old friends <laughs> and share what we're doing um and it's it's been great to to use these different avenues to get our voice um and our content out there to people um and and, and we we typically have a really strong and positive response and i hope it keeps going on that way I can't imagine that. You guys put out great content. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> just from my experience, I think one of my favorite, absolute favorite things about your website is the crossword tab. I am, ah! huge, <laughs> I am a huge fan of puzzles. And I saw it and I was like, ooh, um, I cannot unfortunately complete it because I didn't know half of it. But it, it challenged me. I was like, what books can I? Because it's the crosswords, the answers are based around. Um, African female writers um, mm-hmm. and their books. I'm like, what new books can I discover through this puzzle? Which is one thing that I got out of it. But what what was the thought behind that? Why include a crossword tab? And you know, where where do you hope to take that to? Right. I'm so glad you brought that up. So the crossword tab was something that it's similar. Okay. So I was doing a crossword puzzle which I'm a bit anybody who knows me knows I love crossword puzzles they keep me up at night and I like it that way <laughs> and I'm a big fan of the Guardian's crossword puzzles um the, the this I think it's a UK the UK Guardian not the one in the US mm-hmm. and I was doing their puzzle and I realized one day I was doing the cryptic one and I didn't know the answer because I had no chance of knowing the answer <laughs> you know? it was something very very I just, it was just it was something about an old village in in southeast England something that I just had no chance of getting and, it, and maybe it was a bit spiteful that it pissed me off so much I was like I'm gonna make my own crossword puzzle <laughs> so within 546 um with the crossword puzzle I was thinking to myself we've there's a lot of people I know that really love crossword puzzles and they really can't ever complete them and they just wanted something new but engaging that they would do. So I thought, let me start off with this. The crossword puzzle is definitely an iterative process. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started off with the African women's, um, African female writers. And a big part of that was making sure that it was very international across the continent, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, I think maybe some of the biggest African female writers, the most well-known ones might be West African, mm-hmm. um, just because that tends to be what is published because it's usually in English. Mm-hmm. Um, that has the biggest readership, stuff like that. But there's a lot of great international, international to Africa, that's what I mean, right. um, female writers, um, like uh, Vagonic Tajo, 
Um, you have like just great writers across the continent with amazing stories that are well published and, and are doing excellently well, but you might not know because they're written in Portuguese or they're written in French, whatever is going on. And I just wanted to embed all of that in. Um, and like you said, give people the opportunity to say, oh my goodness, I've never read that book. I wonder what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a lot of the feedback I've been getting with my friends mm-hmm. being like, I cannot solve this line. <laughs> what does this mean? And I'm like, good luck. You can do it. Put your mind Sometimes to. I cheat. <laughs> I encourage not the proud. feeling because then you learn, you know, it's not, you know, you don't have a code of conduct. It's okay. As long <laughs> as you figure it out eventually. Um, but yeah, that's um, something that we're trying to continue doing. Um, not just with African female writers, but like also like female protagonists in African books, things like that, that would just be interesting and, and continue to build um, people's interest in crossword puzzles, but in ones that they might be a bit more oriented towards. Hmm. Interesting. It actually kind of reminded me um, when you're reading a newspaper and the last page has a crossword puzzle. Right. Um, yeah, so that, that that that's what I thought was the idea behind it, the motive behind it. Like you're reading, flipping through the news, and then you get to the cross, and you're like, "All right, fun part." Um, <laughs> and, but with that said, is there any plans to go print anytime soon? I know digital is the way of the future, but there is something about print. I still can't. I have more print books than ebooks. I basically uh-huh. I'm not able to read ebooks. I read my ebooks when I'm done with all my print books, you know. So um, uh-huh. I'm a bit a big advocate for print. Um, are, is there any has Empower Forty Six thought about that? At this point in time, um, not really. At this point in time, we're we're focused on creating, maintaining, and advancing our niche um, in the curated news in the digital world. Um, we don't have plans for print, but, you know, anything is possible. <laughs> Keep yeah. believing. And, yeah. um, but at this point in time, not really. I think we, we're mostly focused on ensuring that our content curation is in its top niche form. We're mm-hmm. focused on ensuring that we continue to build our community um, and at this point, it, it, it's looking digital for a while before any of that changes. Mm-hmm. Speaking about content curation, um, I, I know when we have when we put out content to like with this podcast with your newsletter, there are certain things that we have in mind what we want to focus on. And you've already talked about it a little bit. You're focused about news about African women by African women for all. It's very specific, but what are some other things that you kind of have in the back of your mind as you're curating content, as you're putting the content together um, that you want to share with, with our listeners so that we can be more mindful of that as we read the and Consola, you would know this. The newsletter is kind of broken up into four sections. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being the news. The second one being um, Cape to Cape. The third is You Should Know. And the fourth is Power 46. And, and what each of those sections represents is the news just kind of gives an overview of current affairs between the newsletter and the, the prior one to it. Mm-hmm. So it just really gives you an overview of everything that's been going on, you know, politics, business, that runs the gamut. Mm-hmm. Cape to Cape focuses on really interesting, punchy, quick stories that have gone on across the continent in that, in that same time frame. So that's where you see a lot of the maybe entertainment news or art-oriented news um, or the really funny, quirky stuff would be really um, focused in that area. Mm-hmm. Then you should know is core research. It's focused on policy, 
um, research, everything is peer reviewed around what's going on for women in Africa, whether that's land ownership rights, whether that's um, changes to policy on gender-based violence, anything like that tends to, be, tends to be oriented in that section. And then finally, Power 46 is focused on the movers and shakers in the African business world. Um, so, you know, the women who are making boards, the women who are making CEO and managing directors of the standard chatteds and the echo banks of the world. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's one of the sections across the board that we accept um, stories on. So we're really open to our readers um, looking through the newsletter, reading stuff and saying, or finding content externally and saying, and just emailing me and saying, hey, Noma, I think this would be great for the next newsletter. Hey, Noma, this is a woman who just made partner, at, you know, McKinsey or whatever. You know, so things like that is what we love to see. And we get a lot, a lot, a lot of those. So I think um, our readers really have a strong understanding of the kind of contents we include. Um, and so do our browsers. <laughs> so we're very open, open to that stuff, but it's really um, quite delineated how the newsletter is broken out. Hmm. Very cool. Thank you for explaining that to everyone. Um, yeah, we're coming to towards the end of the interview in a sense, but just a few more questions before we wrap, wrap things up. Where are you hoping to take your newsletter to? How would you like to see it grow? And how can we, as your supporters, as your listeners, as your readers, um, help to support that growth? Yeah, the, the goal for the newsletter at this point in time is to continue building and growing a community that is focused on this content and, and wants to see African women at the center of the narratives and just enjoys reading through their inbox in the morning and seeing this newsletter. Um, that's really the focus of what we're trying to do right now. And I think that has been growing quite organically and we're eager and, and like itching for more growth and, and to scale. So that's a, a very big part. So I would encourage all your, all your listeners to subscribe, to write in, follow us on social media. It's um, at Empower46. And, um, and the newsletter site is empower46.org. And that's just a big part of, of what we're trying to do as we start to establish the niche across the board. Um, then we will start tipping the scale around the next phase in our growth. But at this point, we're laser focused on ensuring that we have a strong community of women across the continent um, who are eager to know what's going on. And yeah. All welcome, all welcome, all. <laughs> We're very excited to have you. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having us. Um, um, you guys have heard it here, maybe not first, but you've heard it here. Empower Forty Six. Yeah, you can find the newsletter publication empower46.org, Empower Forty Six on all social media. So please be sure to check them out. Sign up to get the newsletter. You will get it directly into your inbox if you do that. Um, and it's just great content. I like specifically that you don't you don't just pull content that makes that is what's that term where it's just catchy with the first first okay. phrase. Well, clickbait. Clickbait. Yes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually real viable information that for everyone. Uh, so thank you for your time, Noma. It was great having this conversation with you. Uh, hope you are well in the midst of this corona pandemic. Hope you're yeah, on the I'm grateful.
yeah and your family's safe and you're safe mm-hmm. yeah. everything's good thank you oh, awesome thank you uh thank you for your time and thank you listeners for listening we will catch you next time bye <laughs>